Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, Bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. That's where we'll stop reading right there. We want to go back to verse 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Have you seen the star? <laughs> when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. So it had been prophesied all down through the ages. And you say, preacher, you're skipping right to Christmas. We're still on Thanksgiving. Well, give thanks if you've seen the star. It had been prophesied all down through the Old Testament that there would be a Savior come to redeem His people Israel. And notice who came seeking the star. Herod wasn't looking for it. As a matter of fact, he was surprised. He was the king of Israel. You would think that any prophecy he would be aware of, you'd think that anything that was to be done or to be said or, was, or, or concerning Israel, he would surely know because he was the king. And yet he was caught off guard, totally unaware, and didn't even look for it himself. He said, when you found it, you come get me. And it wasn't the king's servants. It wasn't the wise men of the king that were looking for the star. You know, the king has their, like the, our present, he has his people that, that he confides in and gets advice from. Every king does that. It wasn't Herod's men that, that advised him or told him about the star, but it was three wise men. Now, you know, in our day and age, we think folks that have a doctorate or a Ph.D. or something of that nature, they must be very intelligent. They might be very articulate, but you cannot be able to read your name in boxcar letters and still be wise. You, as long as you seek the star, you're the smartest man on the face of the earth. I, and some of you may remember him. I know John used to work with him. I had a great uncle. His name was Jack Strange. He could not read. He could preach the Word of God, but he couldn't read. And he would have his wife sit and open the Bible and read Scripture to him at night. He couldn't have recognized his name in boss car letters 
But he had seen the star. He knew who Jesus was. He knew when he was in his presence. And when he could feel him, he'd tell you about it. Now these men... Where is he that is born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Herod wanted to know what time the star appeared. Now you know how stars are. If it's cloudy, you may not be able to see them very well. You look up and and there's clouds in the sky. They may obscure the stars so that you can't see them. This star's the same way. Did you know it? When there's a lot of darkness in our life, when there's sin in our life and blackness in our life, the star is just a little bit harder to see. Uh, we read about how that the Lord over in Genesis created the rainbow and the science tells us, and I don't know where I'm going, Jimmy, I'm just going to preach what the Lord gives me. But science tells us that the reason you can see the spectrum of colors in the rainbow is because of the way the sun's light is reflected, refracted on the raindrops that are in the sky. In other words, however the sun hits that raindrop determines the color of the rainbow in the sky that you see. And so sometimes you can see Jesus in me whenever I'm not very close to him and it might be a dark, dark, violet and sometimes when I'm closer to him the, the hue of the light might be brighter it might be a yellow or it might be a red but I hope that every day that I live you can see the star in my life because he's the one that's got all the light the Bible, I'm just going to take my time The Bible says that uh, he created a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. Now, we think in terms of science that that is the sun and the moon. And I'm going to stick with science for just a minute. We know what the sun is. It says it's a gaseous what? Star. (laughs) And it gives all the light to the whole universe. But if you stepped outside the door right now and the sky is supposed to be clear tonight and you looked up, you would see a light in the sky. What you thought was a light, it's called the moon. And we can, we can see by that partially to get where we need to go if it's a clear night. But did you know that the moon actually itself gives no light off at all? None whatsoever. All the light that comes from the moon is a reflection of the light that shines from the sun. Uh, Now listen, a greater light to rule the day, a lesser light to rule the night. What is that? He said, I am the light of the world. And then he goes on and he says, but ye are, I go away, and ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill that cannot be hid. In me there's no light at all. But when I'm right with the Lord, a little bit of light can shine through. And I like this part, Jimmy. I know we went through a hard time in the last couple of years. All churches have struggled. Our attendance, our people have become complacent about attendance and things like that. But I'm here to tell you today, this scripture that I've quoted to you, I want to finish it. It said, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Well, preacher, people will get so ambivalent about it till they'll just quit coming at all and we'll have to shut the door. That's not what that scripture said. It said we'd shine. God's people's going to shine. All right. That sun, according to science, is a, is a star. I want to preach, you, preach to you about a star. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. We're living in a world today where right is considered wrong and wrong is considered right. Now, 
we're just here in Cock County, so I'm just going to preach it. We're living in the world today where they're saying that drunkenness is a disease. I don't choose cancer. I don't choose heart disease. But if I turn up the bottle, that's my choice. That's called sin. They're saying, they're saying homosexuality. Folks are born that way. You may disagree with this preaching. You may not like it. I love you anyway. And I love them too. And I could shake their hand. And I could hug their neck. And I could tell them Jesus is the best thing it's ever happened to me. I was born with this skin tone. I couldn't change that if I wanted to. I was born in a good old East Tennessee boy, and I speak a southern dialect. And to change that, I just don't think I could. But if I choose that lifestyle, that is a choice. And that's, that's a sin, folks. Now listen, there are more sins, and let's, before we look down our nose at those folks, there's more sin than just drunkenness and homosexuality. As a matter of fact, I'm preaching to a house full of sinners, including me, because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all, we're all born in darkness. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Herod said, what time did the star appear? Herod, where have you been? Let me just relate to you what time the star appeared. When God looked over in Genesis and he said, let us make man, the star appeared. He was there from the foundation of the world. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. You don't want to know what time the star appeared. He is the bright and the morning star. What time did the star appear? Let us make man. That's when it appeared. Let's go on. You want to see it again? Did you know Nebuchadnezzar saw the star in the Old Testament? Well, he sure did. He wanted to cast Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even the children know this story, into the burning fiery furnace. And you say, preacher, that's a good story for our children to learn. A good Old Testament story. Why were they cast in there? Because they refused to compromise. We've lived today, today, to we're supposed to be tolerant of everything and everybody. And I do believe we should love everybody, even when their views disagree with ours. Love them anyway. But I want to tell you this. You're not going to change me on my Savior. He's the only way from earth to glory. He is the bright and the morning star. And thanks be to God, some good old saints of God shined him in my life so I could see him. I was able to rejoice greatly the day that this little boy saw the star. I'll get to that and finish it in a minute, y'all. And they rejoiced greatly when they saw the star. Nebuchadnezzar saw the star. He did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, if you'll just bow down at what time you hear the music, all will be well. They said, we'll not do that. They said, if 
if it be so our God which we serve is able to deliver us from the burning burning fiery furnace and from you but if not we're going to believe on him anyway and when they saw the star they rejoiced greatly fire didn't bother them did it they cast them in their bound and there's some pretty stout fellas here tonight The greatest and mightiest men of Babylon carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up to the edge of the burning, fiery furnace. And they got just close enough to the edge that the heat alone of the fire caused them men to lose their lives. And I could just see them as they dropped Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over. They hit the ground because the heat alone was enough to, to kill them. Just think about what Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego must have been going through. Bound, cast into the burning, fiery furnace. Here's exactly what they were going through. They had no fear because they saw the star walking around in the fire with them. You, I never thought about going off through all this. You want to know how Nebuchadnezzar saw the star? Exactly the same way you did, by grace. If the fire, if the heat of the fire alone was enough to kill the mightiest men of Babylon, I wouldn't think that the king was probably a young man. I wouldn't think that the king was maybe the most fit of any of the men of Babylon. Maybe middle-aged, maybe had a little weight on him. I'm just, just conjecture on my part. I don't know. But I do know this. He got up to the edge of the burning, fiery furnace. And he looked over in there. Where does heat go whenever it's, whenever it's a hot flame? It don't stay down inside of something. It rises right up. It, there's steam and, and there's smoke and things of that nature. But the grace that God had for Nebuchadnezzar enabled him to go where his mightiest of men couldn't go. He walked right up to the edge. He looked over in there. I don't believe it was smoky. I don't believe it was steamy. He God gave him so much grace that he could look right down in there to where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was and he was astonished. He was puzzled. He was troubled. And he said, did we not cast three men? For lo, I see four. Who's that fourth? And that's the star. I'm glad he'll go through the fire with us. Did we not cast three men for low? I see four, and the fourth is like unto the Son of Man. Here, do you want to know what time the star appeared? The star appeared when his children were in trouble. <laughs> the star appeared in Bethlehem. And wise men sought him. Now I normally just read a verse. But I felt like I needed to read this to you. I know it's real familiar for you church folks. But you know, most of you know I teach school. We got a generation that never read the Bible. Never heard. Never been consistently in Sunday school. Don't know the Bible stories. Their own wisdom will not get them through life. A good education is wonderful, but that won't fill the hole inside your heart. But you know what will? Thy word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt believe on the Lord and shalt confess him with thy mouth, thou shalt be saved. Why, Jimmy, that's why we're in the preaching business. To bring salvation to those that are lost.
And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Why did too? I did. I'm, I'm not very smart. I'm a foolish fella. But this is so simple that a man, though he be a wayfaring fool, cannot err therein. I just got to tell it. Dutch bottles, you get tired of this, don't you? That's what Satan tells me. Here was the strangest pute raking. Third one back on the right as you faced the pulpit. And the church was in power. And they called for everybody to come up on the altar. And here went little eight-year-old Mike be bopping out, of the, out into the aisle and front, toward the front of the church just as innocent as innocent could be. But when I got to the corner and I looked at the saints' faces, tears rolling down their eyes. Their countenance was different from what I saw out in the parking lot. There was Jack Strange, J.P. Blazer, Tom Ball, different ones right here on the front row. And as I looked up and I shook their hands, they were seeing something I couldn't see. Sin had darkened my life. I had become a sinner in the government of God. They could see. What could they see, preacher, that you couldn't see? Why, you could see everybody in the building. What they could see that I couldn't see. They were looking at the star. I got up off that pew innocent. But by the time I got to the end of the pew, on the front row, I became a sinner. I didn't go to the altar that night. You all know my story. I went home. Mom and Dad put me to bed. And I went to bed a troubled little boy. Conviction upon my heart. I was lost. and needed salvation. I needed to see the star. The preacher had preached to me about the star, about Jesus, how you must be born again. The Sunday school teacher had loved me up. She would put me on her lap. She had told me about Jesus. She had read to me in the Bible about how he loved me. But I hadn't seen him. All I knew was I had heard about a place called hell. And now if you didn't get saved, that's where you were going. I didn't know a thing about the streets of gold. I didn't know a thing about the gates of pearl. I never asked Jesus for a place in heaven. I just wanted to escape that awful place called hell. And when I got down on my knees, this little old ignorant eight-year-old boy didn't know how to pray and I still don't. I just got down and said, Jesus, please save me. And I said that about four or five times. And about the fourth time, I saw the star. Oh, it wasn't a light in the sky. It was just that cloud of darkness left me. And a peace flooded my soul. And I felt good on the inside. About a mile and a half down the road, in the back bedroom of a three-bedroom home, right across the bridge right over here, when I was a year-old boy one night, on the side of a half bed, I wasn't even looking out the window, and I still saw a star. I'll hush here in a few minutes. You bear with me. Give me a little while longer, will you? So as we sung the song, glory, 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 I saw Elise get up from the back of the house back there. And I thought, where's she going? She must be going to the bathroom or something. But she didn't go that way. She rounded the corner and she came all the way up here. Stood beside, I guess you were in there in her class during Bible school. You know what she did say it? But she is coming to thank the person that helped her to see the star. On a Thursday, 
on Mamaw's lap right here. At least that's been a few years. Two, three, but you've not forgot seeing the star. And honey, this is my advice to you. Just keep looking at him. Just keep looking to him. When things is not perfect, when everything goes wrong, when you have nothing left to hold on to, look to the star. I, I will look into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Now let's finish up. You want to? Scott Ellison was here a Sunday night or so ago from Round Mountain. He used to sing a song. Is that the old ship of Zion? I see. One of the verses says it's hull was bent and battered. Jimmy, it's been kicked around. It's been neglected. This modern day has said we've outgrown its usefulness. But in a world full of darkness, it still shines. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. We fight Satan every day, don't we? If he's not bothering you, it's a pretty good sign you're not where you need to be. I believe this, if you're trying your best to live a Christian life, Satan will be around. He won't show up in a red suit with a pitchfork. He shows up right here. Right between our ears, in this flesh, in our anger, in our bitterness, in our hatred. You want to know the first place he'll pop out? Right there. Why, even the Bible says that that's the hardest thing to tame. That's where Satan will pop out, right there. Right out of our mouth. We're not very careful. And I feel sorry for our young people. I guess Jimmy's about my age, close to it. Whenever I was a boy, you didn't hear all this meanness. The only drug there was around here, some of the meaner kids smoked pot, and that was about it. You didn't hear of anything else. You didn't hear of people being stabbed, of people being shot, of people being viciously, without remorse, murdered. We hear it every day. Life is getting harder and harder and harder. And in the last year and a half, we've had to deal with this pandemic. And I would dare say there's not a family in the house that hasn't lost a loved one because of it. It's touched your life. It's touched your loved ones. You've lost a loved one, a neighbor, a friend, a church member. Somebody that you cared for deeply has left this world. And it breaks our heart, don't it? Some saints of God that I grew up, knew all my life, that they were godly folks, had a godly testimony, obeyed his spirit, were faithful to him, left this world because of this disease that we're hearing about, because of this virus. People want to argue over it. I just know it breaks my heart to think that I'll never see those folks again and worship with them until we get to glory. So here's our consolation. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep in the Lord.
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. This sounds like exceeding great joy to me. I don't know about you. For the Lord himself. Remember that song? When we see Jesus coming in glory. For the Lord himself. The star. Now this. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has given him a name above all others. For at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is King of kings and Lord of lords to the glory of God the Father. That sounds like to me that's a starring role. That sounds like to me that he is the star of the show. It sounds like to me that he's the bright and morning star. He's the Alpha and the Omega. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are sleeping, Lord. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with what? A shout! Who is that? I don't know, Jimmy. This is just my thoughts. But I believe after all we've been through, the heartache, the trouble, the sorrow, I believe that's the sound of the church when they see the star. With a shout! Preacher, I'll shout when I get to glory. What are you waiting on for? The Bible says, I don't know, I can only imagine, preacher. Well, I've had a little foretaste. This is what the Bible says. We've been made to sit together in heavenly places. I can't wait to see my mansion. I can't wait to see my Jesus. If you want to know what heaven's going to be like, let the power of God fall on your altar. And you get right up in the middle of it to where you lose consciousness for a minute. I'm not talking about passing out. I'm talking about not realizing who's around you or who's singing or what's going on. I've been there a few times. That's heaven. That's what heaven's going to be like. Shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Now I know. On that day, there'll people, there'll be people running and crying to the rocks and the mountains to hide them from His face. There'll be people saying, "Lord, Lord," and He'll say, "Depart from me." But I believe there'll be a small. It's not a small. It's it's a small number because there's a lot of Christians and very few with salvation. But I believe there'll be. This is, and this is something that Satan tries to drive in our heads. Oh, there's just a few of you left. Read Revelations. I don't purport to understand all of it. But I do get this much. John said there's a number that no man can number. We'll see Adam. We'll see Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. We'll see Moses. You want to go on? We'll see the disciples. John, Luke, Matthew. We'll see the apostles, old Paul himself. You want to continue on? Now listen, it's not all of them just in the Bible. They some it's been saints in our life that we'll see this part of that number that no man can number. Some of y'all might, might be looking for Jim Stump. You might be looking for Doug Self. Different ones. I'm going to look for Shorty Griffey because he's one in my life. Different ones. Old sisters that stood for years. Jay and Bonnie, Sharon, different ones that I've known just since I've been here. Lord knows I'm the very least. You'll be way up there. 
But if you look way back to the back, Jimmy, that'll be me. We'll be some of them that are shouting on that day. Woo! When we see the star. Why? Because sin will be over for you and I. Death will be a thing of the past. We will not suffer any longer. There will be no sickness, no diseases, no funeral homes, no gravesides. I'm here to tell you today, it's wonderful joy when we see the star. It's not about the gold or the pearls or the jasper. It's about the Jesus. It's about the Savior. That's who it's all about. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced. With exceeding great joy. I heard Brandy's testimony. You know what she told you? She told you about the time she saw the star. She's not the only one. She's the one I heard tonight. I've heard Wendy talk about seeing the star. Jimmy, I'd say your spot's somewhere right down here the first time you saw the star. Bobby, yours is right over here, ain't it? First time you saw the star. You never will forget, will you? My youngest son lives in Alaska. There's been a couple of times this year he's been able to go out way up in the morning and look up. And there's what they call the Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights. The bright and morning star will make them look plum shabby one day. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the star. Now you may have gone to a show or a concert and been really looking forward to hearing a star sing or a star perform and them disappoint you, not be there, not do what you thought what they what you thought they would do or something of that nature, and you've been disappointed. This star I'm talking about will never disappoint you. He'll never let you down. I've had him times when I was low in my life just wrap his arms around me. I've had him shine in the darkest places of my life when I just seemed like all hope was gone. Some little sight would come by and the star would shine. Now, I know this is Thanksgiving service. Aren't you thankful that you saw the star? Aren't you thankful for the saints of God that shined it to you? I don't know Jimmy's story, but I'm sure there was somebody at Dutch Bottoms loved him up and just told him how much Jesus loved him and... Maybe he looked at them and their countenance different, tears running down their face. And he knew they saw something he couldn't see and gave him a desire to see that star. It's 2021. I don't know who it might have been in your life, Jimmy. The folks that I told you about a minute ago, they're gone. You won't see them shine anymore till we see him in glory so guess whose time it is to shine guess who has to show the star in their life every day 
Now, I'm sure that Ray's Chapel is like Dutch Bottoms. I did this for a while. I can still do this. I know of this many sinners that are here almost every service at Dutch Bottoms. They're looking. They're watching. They're wandering around in darkness looking for a little ray of light. Looking for a little hope. Looking for some, some way out of the darkness that they're in. Could be you that shines that star. It could be you. Don't ever let anybody tell you that what you do don't matter. That's a lie from the devil. You need scripture, don't you? No man liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Jimmy, I've held funerals that they didn't have enough people to carry the casket to the grave. But you know what? Even when the undertakers had to help carry the casket, there was still some boy, still some girl, still some child, heartbroken. Burdens so heavy because the one they had loved was gone. And I've heard this. I've heard it out of my own people's mouth. A lot of times folks will lose a spouse and they'll say, I don't know why the Lord left me here. I do. It's so you could shine. Because somebody in your life needs to see the star. Because somebody in your life needs Jesus. How, does it, how do I shine for him? You follow his spirit and you love people with all your heart. That's how you do it. Even when it don't make sense for you to love them, you love them anyway. I've had kids that just snarl at me, say unkind things to me. And if I'd have just let it sink right into this old flesh, oh, I'd have been bitter. I'd have been angry. But because I've seen the star, I was able to smile yeah. and love them anyway. This world is the darkest it's ever been in my lifetime. It needs some light. You can't escape what's written in the Word of God. Ye are the light of the world. One more verse and I'll hush. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. So let it shine. <laughs> this is a little song we used to sing whenever I was a kid around the piano at Rankin. And Dawn's had our young folks sing it here a few times. Your children and you probably sung it at one time or another. This little light of mine I may look insignificant to the world. They may discount me because I'm not powerful or I don't have a lot of influence or things like that. They may look at the way I dress and say, well, he's nothing. It may not look like much to you, but this little light, I'm going to let it shine. And this is what they sing here. And you girls may have sung it.
shine all around Dutch Bottoms. I'm going to let it shine. You don't ever know when your testimony can shine all the way back there to the back pew to somebody that's in trouble. You don't ever know when your song may touch somebody that feels like they can't go on, not one more step. Let it shine. How often do I catch myself with my little pity party? How often do I catch myself with my head down, my shoulders shrugged, feeling sorry for myself? Why am I like that? I've seen the star. I've seen the star. They sang a song. He's more than just a story. He is the king of glory. I'm glad. I know who Jesus is. The only way our lost people will be saved is if we shine. If we show them we've got something better than what the world can offer. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. All right. So that's, that's the message. Somebody got a song on your heart? Somebody got a, a testimony? Something you want to say or do? Ray's Chapel. Ray's Chapel, we'd appreciate if you'd pray for us. Times are hard. Satan is on every hand. This is what the Bible says about him. He'd deceive the very elect, if it were possible. He told Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. Satan's not either. He'd just soon destroy you as he would me. So we need to pray for one another. We need to pray that the next time I see Jimmy, he says, guess what? Well, we had two saved. And I'd like to be able to say, yeah, we had one saved too. That's what we're here for. We're here to win lost souls. Somebody else have a word.
Amen. Amen. Appreciate this from Juanita. I thought as she talked, she mentioned Miss Cody. My dad said Miss Cody was the one that went to him and asked him if he'd like to be saved. I never met the woman, but I know this. She's going to have a lot of works that are following her. Somebody else have something on your heart. Appreciate everybody coming out. Let's pray much. Pray we see somebody saved. All hearts and minds clear. We love you. Praying for you. You're at liberty to your local church on Sunday morning.